happy Mother's Day to all the Deliverance Temple mothers. Thank you for all that you do, just you being you. We appreciate you. And if no one knows your name, I'm here to let you know he knows your name. He knows who you are, and so we do appreciate you. Those of us who are online, we appreciate you as well. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. I just want to say briefly to the single mothers, you are rock stars. You are amazing. Excellent single mothers. Don't let the world tell you any different. You are awesome. Let's... uh Let's bow our heads and then we'll get right into this word. Father God, we praise you and we thank you. God, I'm praying that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, that you would illuminate my words, touch the hearts of your hearers, God. Open up their spirits that they may receive what is imparted on today, God. I thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered, and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic forces. Thank you that no one's coming will be in vain and we give you glory for it in Jesus' name and let everybody say... Amen. All right, with your Bibles in your hands, would you just repeat after me? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. All right, put your hands together this morning. Today's message is uh, with the idea of, of moms and motherhood in mind. But the title is this, Lord, help me bring forth. Say that with me. Say, Lord, Lord help, me help me bring forth. Make it transparent so that I, they can see me behind it. Lord, Lord help, me forth. help me bring forth. One final time, Lord, Lord help, me bring forth. help me bring forth. And so I, I'm thinking of the idea of bringing forth life, but we're not just thinking only as it relates to motherhood, because we know in the, this life, only women have the capacity to actually bring forth. The male can deposit, but only the woman can bring forth. But spiritually, God is the one who does the depositing. And if we know how to anchor ourselves and incubate that which he deposits, we can bring forth. But we can't bring forth anything without the Lord's help. So we have to tell the Lord, Lord, help me bring forth. Let's, let's look at the phrase bring forth and just give us some defining things. Uh, it means to produce or give rise to something. To produce fruit or flowers. This reminded me of Sister Rutha in what's required to bloom. In other words, that in order to bloom, we need the Lord's help. And she was masterful as she taught that as well. And then here's the last one, to cause something to happen or be seen or known. Uh, the other one is to bring forth child, but we kind of already understand that. But when it relates to your dream, your, your vision, your hopes, 
when it relates to recovering from addiction and dropping things, there's many things we all need to bring forth. And if we're honest, it's hard to do it without the Lord's help. Somebody said, say, help me, Lord. Help me bring forth. In other words, help me give rise to that which is powerful. Help me give rise to that which is beautiful. Help me give rise to that which is great. Help me give rise to that which is awesome. Help me give rise. Help me birth out that which I need to birth out. I'm tired of producing the wrong stuff. I'm tired of producing the wrong relationships. I'm tired of producing the wrong attitude. I'm tired of waking up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm tired of being so bitter and hateful. I'm tired of acting ugly and acting strange. Lord, help me bring something new forth. The problem when you've always been one way, people assume you will always remain that same way. And they don't expect you to do anything different. But once you start bringing forth something different, it makes people have to adjust the way they treat you. They either have to get with you or get out of your way. When when a person, when not a person, when a woman is in labor and when she goes into labor, everything got to get out the way. They want everything to move because something is getting ready to come forth. When you get ready to birth what God has been burning inside of you, everything that the devil has thrown in your way, it's got to get out of your way. I got to bring forth. Oh, I feel my water is breaking. I'm bringing forth something. Get out of my way. The contractions are closer and closer together. I'm dilated very low. I'm three centimeters. It's time to bring this thing forward. It's time to push. Let's let's start with uh, Genesis 30 and 1. Somebody say, how do you know so much about pregnancy? I've been with all three of mine. I've been right there with them. Genesis 31, read that. Make sure that's on and, and make sure number eight's unmuted in the back. I mean, excuse me, number one. When Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Well, good night. She was a little forceful. Give me children or else I die. And the reason why she was like this is because the scripture says something very important. It says when she saw what Leah did, envy rose up in her. And you have to be careful trying to birth things based on envy and jealousy. What God has for you is for you. And what God has for them is for them. Stop getting mad at somebody else producing and produce your own thing. And when you begin to allow envy and jealousy to rise up in you, what it does, it begins to make you barren from the inside out. Let's look at the next verse. I like Jacob's response. Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God? Who has kept you from having children? Jacob wasn't trying to hear that. She was like, give me children or I die. And basically, Jacob said, what that got to do with me? 
Am, am, am I God? I can't make something happen. And I, I need to say this to you women. Stop looking for men to make everything happen. A man can only do so much. A man can only go so far. A man can only do what a man can do. But there's some stuff that only God can do. And you're looking to him to fulfill needs that only God can fulfill. And you're mad at him and saying he's no good, but he was never designed to complete you. Only God can do that. Jacob said, ain't got nothing to do with me. So let's, let's put this point up. Point number one, ultimately, bringing forth is in God's hands. And let me add this, it's not in there. It's in God's hands and it's in God's hands alone. So in other words, stop looking to humans to do for you what only God can do. That's why you are here. The reason why we're here is not because we're the best Christians in the world. The reason why we're here is we need some stuff done that only God can do. Let me be honest with you, uh, Brother Tommy. If I could do this by myself, I wouldn't waste my time coming to Sunday church. If I can make my life better by the snap of my finger, you wouldn't see me praising God and living for God. But the fact that I can't do this by myself. I need a savior. I need a deliverer. I need a father. I need a God. That's what keeps me humble and keeps me coming back to God. Because Andre can't do it. Mother Rankin, Andre's a mess. Brother Allen, Andre's a mess. And so guess what? Andre needs God. And guess what? You a mess too. And so you need God. And that's why we're here. And that's why you're tuning in online. It's because we all need the Lord. If we've ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need him now. This is not the day and age to back up from God. This is day and age to press into God. Because only God can bring us out of this. See, some of y'all who didn't like Trump thought Biden was your answer. Now that he's in, you realize it ain't Trump, it ain't Biden, it's not Republican, it's not Democrat. Only God can get us out of this. I'm not looking to a man, I'm not looking to a woman, I'm not looking to a job, I'm not looking to a car, I'm not looking to a house, I'm not looking to the stock market, the Dow Jones. I'm looking to the Lord. And thank God for 12-step programs, but my, my hope is not in a 12-step program. My hope is in the God that's behind the 12-step program. All right, let, let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 22. We're going to drop down from verse 22. Then God remembered Rachel. Now, now we, when we looked at Rachel when she was first envious, that was the first verse. And then several verses later, which represents several years later, the Bible says God remembered Rachel. Read he listened to her and enabled her to conceive. I wonder what took her so long. Maybe it took God that long to get the embassy and the envious and jealousy out of her so that she can produce. Maybe the reason why you're not bringing forth is because of you and not because of God. Read that verse again since they left it up there that long. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. All right, verse 23. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. He's taken away my disgrace. Removed my disgrace. Let's look at verse 24. 
She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. She named him Joseph, but I like what Rachel said. She said, in other words, give me some more of that. Now, I, I, I finally received a son, but may the Lord add another son. I'm here to let you know, once you finally break through and get a blessing, don't stop there and say, God, add another one. It's not you being great, greedy, but when you've been down so long and you finally get a breakthrough, you might as well say, God, bring it on. Bring me some more. That's going to bring me to point number two, and I'm going to put that up. When God helps us bring forth one breakthrough, it leaves us longing for the next breakthrough. Don't uh, deliver me from people who are just satisfied and get satisfied so easily. I, I, I've been making $12 an hour all my life, and I finally got to 14 I can rest. No, why don't you go for 28 Why don't you go for 35 Why don't you keep pressing and see what God might deliver, what he might bring unto you? Once you get one breakthrough, you need to understand that the door is open for more things to come through. And that's beautiful to understand, but here's something that we also need to understand. The the top of one mountain is also the bottom of another mountain. Once you finally arise and you climb and you get to the top, you get to relax for a little while, but then you got to keep on climbing. In, in the, the, the NBA, they're in the playoffs now, and what NBA champions will let you know, the moment they become a champion and they win the, the, the ring, that very next year, everybody's shooting for them to take them down. So it's one thing to become a champion, but it's much harder to remain a champion. It's one thing to get a blessing, but it's much harder to stay in blessing. And what I want to see for Deliverance Simple, I want to see perpetual blessing. I, I don't want it to stop. Now, one day I was at my, my water faucet and I had, uh, I, I had turned it on just a little bit and it didn't really do anything. It was, it was dripping. And before I got ready to pull it back for it to all to come out, the Lord spoke to me. He said, that's what you have right now. He said, you have blessings, but it's just a drip. And then when I turned it all the way on, he said, but that's what I want to do with you. I want you to have a downpour. And let me be honest, up until this point, I still have been a place of just dripping blessings. They're, they're pretty good, but I want a downpour of God's blessings. I want you to be able to look at me and say this could not have been done by him, but this had to have been done by the Lord. If people can look at your life and they can give credit to your education, they give credit to your mama and they give credit to your daddy and they give credit to your, your, your uh, money, then you don't really have a big blessing. But when they look at you and say, could nobody have done this but the Lord, that's when you know you have a downpour of the blessing of the Lord. But having said that, let me put up this point, point number three. Also, when God helps us bring forth one breakthrough, Satan positions himself to stop the next breakthrough. So not only should we get positioned to bring forth the next breakthrough, Satan is already in position to take it away. That's why the moment a woman gets pregnant, the doctor says there's a whole lot of stuff you have to change. If you like to drink, you don't need to drink while you're pregnant. If you like to smoke, you don't need to smoke while you're pregnant. If you like to ride roller coasters, you don't need to ride roller coasters while you're pregnant. Because now you are birthing something and everything around you can snuff out what you're trying to birth. 
And I'm here to let you know, even though breakthrough has come, it'll be hell trying to produce the next one because Satan is so ugly, he's so envious, he's so evil, he's so wicked. What he wants to see you doing is crying and wallowing. He wants to see you to relapse. He wants to see you to go back. He wants your marriage to be broken. He wants you to be broken to pieces. And I'm here to let you know, don't let that ugly devil stop you. Keep getting yourself in position to bring forth. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is not supposed to be easy. Now, 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 if 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 you're 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 bringing forth uh, apple pie, that's easy. Oh, I, I want God to bless me with apple pie. Go down to the store and buy one. That's easy. God, God ain't gonna. I mean, the devil ain't gonna stop you from that. But if you're trying to have an apple pie business, that's a different story. See, the higher you dream, the more the devil hates you. And if you say, well, the devil don't bother me, but number one, he already got you. And number two, you don't dream big enough. He don't have to worry about you. But when you are a big dreamer, when you dream big, the devil bears down and he tries to get after you. But guess what? I'm not letting no ugly devil stop me from birthing what I need to birth. So, Lord, help me bring forth. All right, let's continue to read. Let's look at Genesis 35, 16. Now, we were in uh, chapter 30. Now, we're jumping all the way to chapter 35, five chapters later. Then they moved on from Bethel. While they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. The first time she gives birth, but the second time she gives birth with great difficulty. Not, not a little difficulty, but great difficulty. Now, in the previous verses of this chapter, it, it says they were in Bethel. Bethel means the house of light. Anytime you see Beth in the Bible, that Beth means house of. And then, then the L is, uh, is another word. So L means light, but it also means God. So Bethel is the house of God. So just because you're in the house of God doesn't mean you're going to escape difficulty. I wish I could preach to you that the moment you get saved and believe in God and start coming to church, everything's going to be okay. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. Life is still life. Life is still going to be difficult. But here's the thing that I've learned. The people in the world are having difficulty and the people in the church are having difficulty. So if we both going to have difficulty, I might as well have difficulty with God than without him. Because one thing I've learned, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Listen, I, I had Jim Beam with me, but Jim Beam didn't always do me so well. I had Everclear and Bacardi 151, but it didn't always do me so well. I had marijuana, but it didn't always do me so well. But can't nobody do me like Jesus. So I would rather face difficulty with God than without him. So she, 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 Bore with great difficulty. One other thing I, I want to point out to you, that Ephrath that my, my uh, mother read, that is actually another word for Bethlehem. And what we know about Bethlehem, Bethlehem was the place that the Savior came when he was born. He was born in Bethlehem. So that means it was the place of promise. So what it means is on her way to the place of promise, there was great difficulty. So it means the closer you get to promise, the more difficult it might become. But I'm here to let you know, don't stop because you're close to the promise. 
Let's look at verse 17. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair, for you have another son. Don't despair. Don't fear. Don't quit. Don't give up because you got something coming out of you and it's worth the pain that you're going through. And on this Mother's Day Deliver Simple, I'm trying to let somebody know, don't you dare quit because what's coming out of you is worth the pain that's trying to stop you. Mother Mitchell, it's been painful, but something's coming out of you, mother. Sister Ella, it's been painful, but something's coming out of you. Oh, we, we, we celebrated Brother Anselbert, but don't think him getting his bachelor's and master's degree was easy. And him getting his PhD won't be easy, but it's worth it if you get to the promise. All right, so there, there was something in here called the midwife. I want to take just a long rabbit trail. And I want to talk about the midwives and I'll bring it back around to the points. But I, I want to spend some time talking about this midwife. So let's, let's put it up what the midwife is. It, it's something that still happens today, but the word midwife derives from Old English. Mid meaning with and wife meaning woman. That is, it refers to the person, not necessarily a woman, who is with the mother giving birth. It is, in those days, uh, they didn't have elaborate hospitals, so there was always somebody there, if needed, to help the mother produce. So, let's go to the next point. There are really very few scenarios that take a mother's life in labor and delivery, and, and delivery in such a situation, blood loss is most likely the cause of death. So, especially back then when there wasn't an elaborate hospitals, what the midwives would have to do is they would have to try to get the mother to focus because as she produces and pushes out, she's also losing blood. And if she loses too much, she'll bring forth, but she'll die while she's bringing forth. And uh, I, I don't want to get too medical, but let me, let me say it to you this way, and, and plus I, I have it written down that'll help it. But part of the thing that happens is the way the uterus works, it must contract after the delivery. And if it doesn't contract properly, it'll allow the blood flow, to, instead of staying in, it'll allow the blood flow to come out. And if she loses too much blood, she dies in something that should have been special. Let's, let's put this up and read. This explains it even better. Uterine atani, which I'm not for sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but can result in considerable bleeding following the delivery of the placenta. There are several causes. One is a long, drawn-out labor, which leaves the uterus too exhausted to clamp down efficiently. In other words, the longer the labor, the weaker the internal organs are. And I got to say this to you, the longer you have to fight your addiction, the longer you have to fight your depression, the longer you have to fight being broke, 
the longer you have to fight low self-esteem, the longer you have to fight the, the upheaval of a divorce and, and the pain of a relationship dying, the longer you have to fight, the weaker you become. And Satan with his ugly self, he always jumps on you when you're weak. And that's why the Bible says that after Jesus had fasted 40 days, here comes Satan showing up to tempt Jesus. He always tempts you when you're the weakest. But the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. It doesn't say let the strong say I'm strong. It says when you're weak, that's when you declare you're strong because you're not hoping in your strength. You're hoping in the strength of the Lord. And I know I've been in this a long time. I know I've battled this a long time. I know I've fought this a long time. I've been fighting the molestation of my past for 25 years. But I'm still going to bring something forth. I'm not going to die in this. I may be bleeding. I may be hurting. But life requires me to move ahead. Not only life, but the people who... Look to you. This is here's the thing that the devil tries to do with us. He tries to make us feel like we don't matter to anyone. But what you don't know is when you go, everybody's crying at your casket because you mattered, but you're the only one who didn't know that you mattered. So I'm here to curse that spirit of suicide that tells you that life is better off without me. The devil is a lie. We need everybody. We need you. But I'm broken. We need you. But I'm depressed. We need you. But I'm hurting. We need you. I want you to understand you are needed. You are important. You are special. And because of you, when you break through, guess what? You're holding the door open long enough for other people to come through too. The reason why the devil wants to stop you in the divorce, in the depression, and all the other things I can throw out is because so many people look to you. But when they see, wait a second, she made it, I can make it too. He made it, I can make it too. And that's why church, that's why we have to be transparent and real and stop playing like everything's okay. No, everything's not okay. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, not, I'm not today. I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm horny, I'm ugly, I'm mean, I'm evil, and I need somebody to help me. Because if God don't help me, I'm going to lose my mind, I'm going to go backwards. But guess what? With the help of the Lord, I'm going to bring something forward. And we're trying to build a ministry where you can be honest. Now, but everybody, everybody, everybody can't handle your stuff. Some people will take your stuff and put it straight on Facebook. Now find who you can trust and talk to that person and be friends with that person and, and be a good uh, a pew mate with that person because together we'll move where we need to be. Because guess what? We're in great difficulty. All right, let's, let's read it even further. Let's, let's put this up. One cardinal rule in dealing with a woman who is hemorrhaging is to keep her attention focused on the here and now. This was a, uh, this was in 2001, a midwife who actually is a midwife in the 2000s talking about what they're trained to do. They're trained, once a mother is hemorrhaging blood, they gotta get her to focus not on the blood, not on the pain, but focus on the here and now. Let's, let's put it back up. 
I'll read it again. One cardinal rule in dealing with a woman who's hemorrhaging is to keep her attention focused on the here and now. This means commanding her to stay with you, to look you or her mate in the eyes, or to touch and speak to her baby. In essence, this means the mustering of her vital force and participation, especially critical if she is drifting or fading out. So if she's drifting or fading out because she's losing this amount of blood, they try to get her to focus on the joy of what she has just produced more than the pain of what previously happened. Let me say it this way. I need you to focus on the possibility of what may be more than on the truth of what has already happened. As long as you focus on what has happened, you're going to fade out. But if you can focus on the possibility of what is, you might make it. So also medically, I don't have this written down. Medically, what happens is they, they normally like to do, they like to put the baby on the mother as soon as the baby comes out. Or as soon as, as the umbilical cord is cut, they like to put the, uh, the baby on the mother. And one of the reasons they like to do that is because in women, men and women have it both, but it happens most in women. It's a chemical the brain produces called oxytocin. And oxytocin is the bonding chemical. It causes a bond to create. It, it, it happens in, uh, when a mother nurses, but it also happens in that first touch of a baby to a mother. And what it does, it puts the mother in the mindset of, oh, what I have produced. But what also that does, it triggers the uterine to, to begin to shut. So in other words, as they focus on what is, the joy of what is, what the blood of what was begins to close. If I can get you to focus on the future, the death of the past has got to let you go. Yeah, we can come in here and we can talk about all we've been through, but I'm tired of talking about all the past. And even though slavery is important in this time, I'm not talking about slavery all the time. I don't want to see another slave removal. I'm not a slave. I want to see what God is doing now. And I said it too fast, but I was trying to say I don't want to see another slavery movie. I don't, because listen, when I watch, I love everybody, but when I watch a slavery movie, I'm mad at everybody. Every white person I see on my job, I'm mad at. I don't need to see nothing old in the past. I want to let that go because I'm trying to produce something now. So we got to get out of the past as no matter how hurtful it was, we got to get out of that because we have to have the joy of what is next. So, Pastor Andre, what is next? I don't know. I don't know what's next for you. I can't promise you what's next, but I can definitely say it's better than what was. So press into what's next. You don't know how God can change your life in a second. He can change your life in a moment. He can turn it around. One word from God can alter your entire life. So don't look at what was. Look at what can be. Oprah Winfrey, a billionaire today, was a molested woman yesterday. But at some point, she stopped worrying about that and embraced who she was and went for it. 
She was a big woman. They told her, you're too fat to be on TV. But she knew she had a gift and she knew she had a voice. And she brought herself to the table with the pounds and all. And she became a billionaire. I don't know who's telling you you can't do it. I don't know who's telling you you can't make it. But God brought you here for me to tell you that devil is a lie. You can do it. You can make it. You can overcome. You can bounce back. God is on your side. That brings me to point number four. Point number four, we're pulling it up. Bringing forth can be so exhausting and taxing that it's easier to give up than it is to press ahead. I'm not trying to minimize what you've been through because I've been through a lot of stuff myself. And it is taxing. It is hard. And I have never given labor, but I've looked at my wife and I can tell you it didn't look like it was easy. And while I was standing beside her bed thanking God for my babies, I was also thanking God he made me a man. Thank God it's her and it's not me. Because what the, the look on her face, I didn't want no part of that. But I'm not trying to minimize what you've been through. All I'm saying is tomorrow is better than yesterday. So you got to live today so you can get tomorrow. Get out of the past. Get out of yesterday. I know he cheated on you. But guess what? You deserve better. So find you somebody better. And don't tell me there's no good man that may be hard to find him. You may got to look and dig at the bottom of the earth. But there's a good man somewhere. Press ahead. Believe God. And maybe the reason why you haven't found a good yet, good man yet is because God want to take some time for you to work on you. For you to love you. Because you want a man to love you and you don't even love you. But once you learn how to love you, you stop falling for every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Once you start learning how to love you, stop falling for every Susie, every Shaquita, and everybody that got a tight dress on. You, once you learn to love you, your life will be better. Lord, help me to bring forth. All right, let's go to point number five. When we say, Lord, help me bring forth. We're asking the Holy Spirit to be our midwife, to keep us focused on the positive in trying pressure-filled times. These are trying pressure-filled times that we live in. So help me bring forth. I, I was looking last year and was grateful that I had been doing quite a bit of saving. Now, I looked at my 401k, and I was like, thank God, 401k was looking good. The same 401k don't look so good because the stock market has changed, and money has just left out of it. Listen, I can't focus on all the pressure. If I focus on all that, I would go crazy. The IRS owes me thousands of dollars, and I ain't seen none of it yet. I made a video about when you get your refund. I was just joking because I ain't got a dime yet. Wish I had it, but guess what? I'm not going to cry about what I don't have. I'm going to thank God for what I do have. I'm going to enjoy what I do have. I, so so I'm not going to let the devil. See, back in the day when I didn't have what I wanted to have, I'd be sad for the whole week. The devil is lying. I done grown up. Listen, you can't make me sad. Last time I checked, I was still breathing. I got something to give God praise for. 
Somebody doesn't have a roof over their head. Somebody doesn't have clothes on their back. This morning I got ready to, I got dressed, was all dressed up, ready to go. And then I find out I didn't have, my handkerchief didn't match my stuff right. And I ended up changing my whole outfit and put on something different. Somebody is going to be fussing, well, I got to change my clothes. But here's the thing, I'm happy that I got more than one change of clothes that I can wear. I got more than enough clothes. I, I don't have any reason to be sad. My dad used to say it this way. I don't have a sad story to tell you. God has been good to me and God has been good to you. So I'm not going to allow the pressure filled times to make me quit. Let's continue to read. Let's, let's see how Rachel did. Let's look at Genesis 35, 18. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Benoni. But his father named him Benjamin. So the scripture says she breathed her last because she was dying. In other words, she died in childbirth. And on her way out, she names the son Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. In other words, all Rachel could see was her sorrow. But afterwards, Jacob changed his name to, to Benjamin, which means son of my right hand, which means son of my blessing. Because in the Bible, the left hand is the hand of judgment. The right hand is the hand of blessing. And see, here's the difference between Jacob and Rachel. Rachel could only see the sorrow, and so she died in the sorrow. But what, ben, what, what uh, Jacob saw, he saw the silver lining even in the trouble, and he saw the blessing. Let me back up real quick and give you just a little time to explain this. Do you remember the story of Rachel and Leah? They were twins. Leah was weak-eyed. And because she was weak-eyed, Rachel was more beautiful than Leah. And because Rachel was more beautiful than Leah, she was more wanted than Leah. So Rachel didn't know how to deal with hard times because everything was easy for her. She was the pretty one. She was the one that always got picked. And let me tell you something. I've learned the girl in high school, the boy in high school, that everything worked well for, let them live a little. Because when you have never been through anything, you don't know how to handle stuff. But Leah, who had been through the, being cast over and put aside and picked on and talked about, somehow she was able to survive. But the first sign of trouble, Rachel died. I'm here to let you know all the trouble you've been in in your life has prepared you for today. You have to understand some people are going crazy for stuff you've already been in and out of because they don't know how to handle anything. God, I thank you for the setbacks. I thank you for the obstacles. I thank you for the trials. It built some intestinal fortitude. It built me that I can take a licking. And I can keep on ticking. It built me. I can be like a palm tree. I can bend, but I will not break. I know how to go through sorrow and come out on the other side. But Rachel with her pretty self, with her prissy self, with her beautiful self, she couldn't handle the first sign of real trouble. And she died. Let's look at verse 19. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So she had to be buried on the way to the promise. 
never made it to the promise. She died and was buried on the way to the promise. I don't want any of y'all to die on the way to your promise. I don't want you to quit on the way to your promise. I don't want you to bleed out on the way to your promise. I want you to bear down and grab the horns of the altar and bring forth on the way to the promise. It's too early to quit. It's too early to give up. It's too early to backside. It's too early to turn around. I need you to move forward because your ladder shall be greater than your past. Let's look at point number six. Almost finished. Thank you, sister. When we say, Lord, help me bring forth, we are saying, Lord, don't let us die on the way to our promise. I got some stuff I still need to see. Some of you older people, whether in here or online, you've been praying for your family to be saved and they're not saved yet. You can't die till they get saved. You got to keep believing. You got to keep hoping. You got to keep praying. You got to keep trusting so that you don't die on the way to your promise. Somebody say, don't die. Don't die. Don't die. Draylon, don't die. Don't give up. Don't quit on the way to your promise. Let's look at the next verse, verse 20. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar. And to this day, that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Some people who have given up too early, all they have left is a memorial that they quit too soon. See, it's not that... God wasn't going to do it is you just stopped too soon. And I can look back in my life and see memorials where I quit too quick. I quit too early. I backed up too early. I I struggled with pornography for years and years and years. And the reason why I struggled so long because I kept going back too soon. I wouldn't go long enough. I wouldn't go far, far enough. And I'm here to let you know, I don't care what you're dealing with, what you're facing with. Don't build a tune to yesterday. I need you to keep trying to move forward because one day you're going to say, I got delivered in deliverance temple. Don't quit. Man, I can't go to church today because I messed up. The devil is alive. Bring yourself to church. Keep on coming. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. I'm just going to say because I like I like the way it sounds. Dr. Ansebert, I don't know if you got A's on everything, but maybe you got a C. But you had to keep on pressing, didn't you? You had to keep on moving. You can't quit because you get a bad grade. You can't quit because you get a professor you don't like. You got to keep on moving point number seven when we say Lord help me bring forth we are saying the pillars of our past can't stop the production of our future I, yeah I, I've been divorced four times but the fifth one I'm going to have the man of my dreams I'm going to have the woman of my dreams yeah I got fired two two times two years ago but this year it's going to work yeah I relapsed ten days ago but this time it's going to work don't let the pillars of your past stop the production of your future let's look at Genesis thirty-five twenty-seven. Jacob came home to his father Isaac and Mamre near Kerath Arba that is Hebron 
where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. So he goes back to his father's house, which is Isaac. So that means Rachel's father-in-law outlasted her. And so he was old, but we don't know how old until you go to the next verse. Let's read the next verse, Genesis 35, 28. Isaac lived 180 years. He lived 180 years, but Rachel couldn't stay long enough to produce the second child. Well, she produced the second child, but she died in it. But Isaac, the father-in-law, lived 180 years. And so as I looked at that, as we, we come to a close, as I looked at that, I thought, what is the significance of that number? And it just dawned on me. See, 360, I'm going to do a 360. This is a 360. That's when you come back to where you were. But a 180 is when you're turning in the opposite direction. I'm here to let you know your past. Let me look this way. Your past may be a negative direction. If you turn 360, you're going back to negativity. But if you make a 180, you're going in the no- another direction. I'm here to let you know you're bringing forth a 180. You're bringing forth a turnaround. You're bringing forth a God that can turn things around. Late in the midnight hour, God can turn it around. I know I've been hurting, but God can turn it around. I know I've been depressed, but God can turn it around. I know I've been sick, but God can turn it around. Because I serve a God that if I would allow him to bring forth out of me, he'll bring forth out a turnaround. Repentance, the actual word of repentance means a change in your mind. It means a shift, a turn in your mind. And what I want us as we move out of here, whatever is trying to hold us back, let's turn away from it. Now, now, back in the day, I didn't do this because even though it's Mother's Day and we talk about how nice our mothers are, my mama wasn't always nice. She was sweet and kind. So you see the little kids in the mall who turn away from their mama? I couldn't do that. No, if I wanted to breathe another day, you don't do that. But let's act like the devil is the mama that's out of control and can't control their kids. Next time the devil tries to grab you, you turn away from him. Next time depression tries to grab you, you turn away from him. Turn away from trouble. I turn away from sorrow. I turn away from grief. Because the God that I serve, he's going to give me a turnaround. 180. Final point. This is where we're close from. Let's put number eight up. When we say, Lord, help me bring forth. We are saying, turn us away from the past direction that brought death to a new direction that brings life. The whole crux of the gospel is that life with Christ brings us what we call eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal. I'm turning away from death and I'm moving toward life. Guess what? You are in a church that we're moving toward life. God is bringing something special out of us. I can't explain it. I just know it. I know it down in my knower. I feel it. God is going to do something in us. 
Now, all of us don't need marriage and money and all the things that I say. Oftentimes, I say those things because those are easy to say. There's some stuff that I don't know that y'all need that's deep down in your soul. But I'm here to let you know God can turn you toward the very thing you need to prove to you that God is alive and he's real in your life. If you believe it, stand to your feet and say amen. 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 Online, do you believe it? Well, shout out, man, while you're online, type it in the comments and say, God, give me a turnaround. Let's say it one more time. Lord, help me bring forth. All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, love you, honor you. God, there is a turnaround in our future. There are blessings with our name on it. That, that, that there are promotions. There are all kinds of things. There's, there's peace. Some of us don't need money. We just need peace in our mind. Some of us haven't slept in weeks. No, actually haven't slept in years. Because we just don't have any peace. But God, I pray that in these next months of 2022... That we begin to move into such a way that we bring forth what God has for us and we know that God is on our side. It may come with great difficulty, but we won't bleed out, we won't fade out, we won't die out because we've got to see the end that you've called for us to have. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name and let everybody say amen. amen.